The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Into the Net FC, the soccer talk discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. As usual, I am the host, the Bear of Texas, and honestly, what a match day number two of the 2022-23 UEFA Champions League. Well, quite frankly, once again, to justifiably solidify my constant saying of surprises and shockers is just part of the game, and quite frankly, that, ladies and gentlemen, is the Champions League for you. I mean, quite frankly... I don't even know where to start. Now, normally I start with the first game from what we see on the schedule, but I don't even know where to start. Now, there's a couple of them that were no surprise at all, but some of them not so much as a surprise, but some of them quite the shockers. So let's start off with quite a shocker, shall we? Sporting CP beating Tottenham 2-0. You know, this is something I would surely want to ask the dudes from Stop at Shime FC. Is it more surprising the way Sporting CP won or the fact that they beat Tottenham to begin with? Some might say, well, the fact that they beat Tottenham is quite frankly, it does not get any better than that. But the way they beat them, they do not score till the 90th minute and just to piss on Tottenham's pain, they add another one deep into stoppage time. <laughs> well, I guess they say, I'm, I'm sure this is something that Joe would laugh would laugh really hard if I said it. I'm sure Mr. Zach Westrick would feel the exact same way. Hell, I feel like all the dudes on Stoppage Time FC that really enjoy uh, poking a little fun at Tottenham's expense, they would say, well, if you're going to humiliate Tottenham, you might as well do it in the most humiliating fashion. You might as well get creative, right? So they do it in the 90th minute, and then just to add the brace, just to mock them. And that's exactly what Sporting CP did. And Polino puts them on the board in the 90th minute, and then Arthur Gomez doubles the lead three minutes later. And boom, Tottenham loses. Oh, for the love of God. For the love of God. <laughs> well, quite frankly, you know what? If I want to talk about my boys Joe and Zach, you know, kind of getting a kick out of it, I really am curious to know, what does Thomas Tuchel have to say about it? <laughs> but then again, Thomas Tuchel has just been fired from Chelsea, so I'm sure, you know, and, and I think, I could have sworn I saw something that Thomas Tuchel is, uh, he's not taking it well, but anyway. Man, <laughs> man, this game. 
Five shots on target by the for the Tottenham Hotspur. None of them could have been. None of them counted. Six for Sporting CP. Six. Only two counted. Quite frankly, that's not good for both. But you know, at least one team were able to make at least one of them count. But you know, in that particular case, that particular club made it. Uh, well, both times, you know, count. But man, man, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man. You know, I was kind of like really hoping that Olympique de Marseille would be able to, um, would be able to kind of, uh, pull off the upset for, you know, against Tottenham, in Tottenham, but, uh, unfortunately it, uh, well, did not happen, so, hmm, go figure, right? <laughs> Alright, well, looking at, uh, these further stats... Tottenham with two big chances missed and Sporting CP just one. Man. Bad day for Tottenham too. But the resiliency from the defense for the defending from Sporting CP, 12 interceptions, 18 clearances, a total of 5 saves. That's respectable. And in my case, you know Tottenham, you know getting the four saves um you know considering that you know Hugo Lloris, uh, the goalkeeper, the French goalkeeper who I you know still follow him getting four saves, you know that that's a little bit of pride, you know, for me as well. But um, but Tottenham, man, that ladies and gentlemen does no good, and I'm sure that everybody that loves that loves to poke fun at Tottenham's expense, well, I'm pretty sure uh, I'm pretty sure they're loving it. So that's Sporting CP two nothing against Tottenham. Now Inter Milan got their win against Victoria. Plizen, I don't even know. I swear to God, I feel so bad when I can't even say the names of these clubs. But these European, these European name, the clubs. Some of them have these names that it's just so hard to pronounce. You, even though you know you're, you're gonna butcher it, you still feel completely guilty, and I do apologize. Well, good for Inter Milan. So kind of, kind of looking at the groups, and I'll definitely take a look at the groups uh, at the end. But you know, for for Inter Milan. Kind of being where they are, I mean, they kind of really needed, they kind of really did need this win, but uh, unfortunately, the win um, doesn't do them that much good, you know, being in the position they're in now. But uh, like I said, I'll uh, kind of go through that later. Well, now we get to Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool getting the win. I mean, Liverpool desperately needed that win after they after they, after they how they got started. But, you know, I, re I really felt like, you know, if Ajax was able to hold Liverpool to a draw or even pull off the upset and win, I mean, Ajax would probably be in complete control of their group. But Liverpool obviously had other plans. And Liverpool just finally decided to go out and actually get the damn win. Well, they needed it. They had no choice. I mean, could you imagine starting off the group stage of the, champion the Champions League group stage, you know, losing your first two games? Huh. I mean, Liverpool would not take, that take kindly to it. And as a matter of fact... I really doubt that they would they would accept it. But quite frankly, they'd have no choice. But man, check this out. But you know, well, Ajax, Ajax only had one shot on target and they made it count. Hmm. Liverpool had ten shots on target and they made two of them count. So that's something you definitely have to be concerned about if you're Liverpool. You Got to take advantage of those opportunities. You cannot wait. You cannot allow those scoring opportunities to go to complete and absolute waste. At the beginning, it was certainly good to see a, bit, a bit of teamwork. Mohamed Salah putting the Reds up at, in the front in the 17th minute, provide an assist provided by Diogo Jota. So, so I guess in that particular case, I'm sure Liverpool fans are very, uh, 
are happy to see Diogo Jota be back. Liverpool, you know, in that position right now. But again, you know, the groups, I'll save that for the end. But I want to take a look at the lineups. You know, I haven't heard the name, um, particular name in a while. But he was not in the starting lineup. He was on the bench, but he did end up he did end up playing. He came in in the 60, 66th minute. That would be Darwin Nunez. And James Milner actually came in late in the game. And as far as James Milner goes moving forward, uh, you know, who knows, you know, who knows what's in store for him? Because you know, I I, I saw an argue, you know, I saw something you know asking you know will he ever start for Liverpool again? And in my case, I'm kind of like you know you never say never, but we don't, I don't know what the future holds. You know, Thiago you know played in most of the game. You know, Diogo Jota you know came out in the six came out of the game in the 66th minute. You well, know, Virgil Van Dijk was in the entire time along with Trent Alexander Arnold and of course Mohamed Salah. You know, seeing, seeing the lineups. The lineups almost exactly the same. Liverpool going with four defenders, three midfielders, and three and three uh, strikers. I mean, look at that. Four by two by three by one for Ajax. Hmm. I mean, look at that. I mean, you got one sole striker, Mohamed Kudos, who actually provided the who actually scored the equalizer for Ajax. So. Yeah, Ajax really kind of came in with, with, you know, full guns blazing. You know, you, you, you got to do what it takes, you know, to kind of keep Liverpool contained and under your control to the best of your ability. But, you know, Liverpool Liverpool was able to get it done, you know, in the 89th minute by making it 2-1. to one. So, I mean, Liverpool really had to fight hard for this win. But uh, that's quite frankly, that's exactly what they did. So moving forward. Oh. Liverpool goes. I mean, Liverpool's got to keep doing it at all costs. But moving forward, now we get to, well, Bayern Munich versus Barcelona. Well, now, I think the first thing to say out of this game is this might be the only important thing. And I'm sure my boy Keith Teeter would say it's the only thing that matters is that Bayern Munich still owns Barcelona. Well, it's interesting that the, the two goals, you know, came from a very, very uh, short window. Luca Hernandez scored in the 50th minute, and Lero Sainé would actually make it 2 nothing about four minutes later. But what's interesting is a total of 18 shots for Barcelona, only four on target, and four shots on target for Bayern Munich, while 13 shots total. So Bayern Munich was 50% through the shots on target. They made two of the goals count, two of them count, I should say. Excuse me, I got got caught up. Uh, allergy season's probably around the corner. I'm probably already suffering, but anyway, <clears throat> I mean, you know, seeing looking at the lineup, you know, for uh, I mean, I'm telling you, for Barcelona, you got Usman Dembele and then Robert Lewandowski in the center, and then Rafinha on the other side. That midfield, that defense. Barcelona just Barcelona just you know came in. You're really hoping to find a way to pull off the upset, but that didn't happen. Uh, I mean, in Robert Lewandowski's case, you know, re- returned to Munich. Well, that certainly uh, didn't seem to do him any good, but um, certainly didn't expect it. I really thought at first he was actually going to score a goal, you know, for Barcelona like like that. But uh, I would that certainly would have been interesting, but that didn't happen. You know, seeing, you know, Benjamin Pavard, Dayo Upemecano, Luca Hernandez, and Alfonso Davies. Well, it's certainly good to see Alfonso Davies back, it, back in. So... 
and Alfonso Davies, you know, playing a defender, you know, seeing three three French defenders along with uh, the Canadian, <laughs> you know, Pavard, Upe Meccano, Luca Hernandez. I mean, a lot of these names that I, I'd expect is, is very likely to be on the World Cup squad, which uh, I'm not sure when France will announce uh, their World Cup squad. I'd imagine it's probably going to be around December or I, I would imagine next month. As a matter of fact, I should mention the USA meant they uh, released a, a squad. They released their squad, I think, earlier today. But that's for the upcoming friendlies. But that uh, that's another story for for another time. But man, Barcelona, you know, kind of look like that. I mean, yeah. I mean, what, I think what pains them the most is that Bayern Munich still owns them. I mean, <laughs> knocking them out of the tournament a few years ago, eight to two. And then preventing them from going from going to the knockout stages of the Champions League. I mean, yeah, I think at this point it's more of the fact that Bayern Munich owns Barcelona. I mean, the situation goes uh, deeper than that. Uh, looking at the, I mean, I think this is the most embarrassing part for uh, Barcelona. A total of three big chances missed, according to Goal.com. I mean, looking at the highlights, you know, I was I was too busy, you know, kind of like that. You know, I had a hard time, you know, being able to keep my eye out on it because there's a lot of times where I spot a big chance miss, but Goal.com doesn't acknowledge that particular one. But, you know, I respect it. You know, Goal.com, I'm sure, they, you know, they kind of think differently than me. I respect it. But three big chances missed for Barcelona and zero for Bayern Munich. Mm. So that tells me that Barcelona could have won the game. Had they actually gotten the job done? Had they actually been able to cash in on the opportunities? But they just did not fucking do it. Oh, boy. But now we talk about shockers. You know, I said Sporting CP beating Tottenham's a shocker. Well, how about this? <laughs> Bayer Leverkusen beating Atletico Madrid 2-2-0. Now, the one thing I gotta say about this. Now, I was speaking earlier about... My boys, Zach Westrick and Joe Maver, laughing their butts off about Tottenham losing. Well, speaking of somebody who's very likely <laughs> laughing really hard, that, ladies and gentlemen, would be my good friend and my mentor, Mr. Steve Adams, who, as we know, is not a fan of Diego Simeone whatsoever. <laughs> uh, I did actually speak to Steve earlier about the U.S. Uh, roster, but... Uh, <laughs> Apparently, I actually completely forgot about um <laughs> about mentioning about it, asking him about this game. But uh, <laughs> I'm I would not be surprised if he just said that he was simply overjoyed, or if he basically kind of gives a reminder that again, this is why I am not a fan of Diego Simeone and his style of play. <laughs> oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, I I gotta look at this lineup like. How did Atletico Madrid let this happen? I mean, granted, they were on the road, but still. I mean, I felt like Atletico Madrid could have won. But check this out. Antoine Griezmann was not even in the starting lineup. They had Jao Felix and Alvaro Morata in the, in the front two. Atletico Madrid used five defenders, three midfielders, and two strikers. Or forwards, however you want to say it. Look at, look, look at Bayer Leverkusen. Four defenders, two midfielders, three forwards, and one lone striker. Mm. Well, Griezmann did come into the game. He started off on the bench, but, you know, something interesting is Griezmann didn't start. Yannick Carrasco didn't start. Hmm. It's really interesting. 
There's one name I don't see. He's not even on the bench either. That'll be Thomas Lemar. Did he pick up an injury that I don't know about? We haven't seen too much of. We haven't seen much of uh, Thomas Lemar uh, lately, have we? I imagine his uh, chances of making the World Cup squad uh, probably don't look too good, and that breaks my heart because Thomas Lemar. I've really been following him for quite a long time. Well, he says here, okay. Oh, check that. I, I, I pull him up, and of course, Sports, Sports Illustrated four weeks ago said, launched a report saying that Chelsea apparently was interested in getting a uh, Thomas Lomar. Well, had that happened, I'm not sure how much good that would have done to Chelsea or how good that would have been done for Thomas Lomar. And yep, he was left out of the squad against for, for the match against Leverkusen because of a fresh injury. So that's the problem. The dude cannot stay healthy. Excuse me. Oh, man. Oh. Yeah, injury and fitness issues. I mean, I think Thomas Lomar needs to get out of Atletico Madrid. I mean... The dude can't stay healthy. I mean, Tomás Lomar, you know, has impressed me, you know, in the past, especially in 2017 and 2018, you know, with, with the French national team. Tomás Lomar, I always felt, was just another another young, underrated French footballer. I wasn't wrong, but the dude can't stay healthy, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is a major issue. Mm. But damn, 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 Atletico Madrid losing that way, and both goals being scored, you know, between the eighty between the eightieth and ninetieth minute, Bayer Leverkusen takes the lead in the eighty fourth minute and doubles it three minutes later. Hmm. Interesting part right there, ladies and gentlemen. As far as this game goes, I mean, Atletico Madrid kind of shitting the bed. I mean, maybe we shouldn't panic because you know, as a lot of people like to say, it's just one game. But regardless, I have no doubt that my good friend and my mentor, Mr. Steve Adams, you know, well. I'm, I'm sure. I, I'm sure he's definitely gonna. I'm, I'm sure he's definitely got a verdict to say on it, and uh, and I do plan on asking him about it. So we go from one shocker to the other. Oh, for the love of God! Club Bruges beating Porto four to zero on the road. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and I was about to go on the holy, you know what mode, but. Uh, Maybe I shouldn't, even though I think some would say maybe uh, saying that you know, because it's just so shocking, but uh, I just kind of decided maybe I shouldn't. Oh, for the I don't even, <laughs> I don't even know what to say about this. Porto losing four to zero to Club Bruges, and considering how Porto lost to Atletico Madrid in the, in game one, and I really felt that we were going to see things you know go a bit different. But no, sir. No, sir. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I would ask, you know, is there anything else, you know, is there anything to say, really? You know, you know, for one thing, you know, it, it's interesting to see, you know, how Pepe, the defender, you know, at this point of his career, you know, is still playing, you know, th 39, 39 years old, will turn 40 next February. I mean, still kind of playing at a, an elite level. I'm not really sure where Pepe goes from here. I, I'd imagine that maybe in his situation with the current contract he's in, I'd imagine he's going to honor it. And then once it's expired, he's probably going to retire. I mean, I really don't know where Pepe goes from here. But Pepe has, you know, been around forever, you know, long, spent a long time with Real Madrid. Then was loaned out to, uh, I think it was a Turkish club. I think it was, I think it was Besiktas. 
and then uh and then returned then went back to Porto. So and I believe he started his career at Porto as well, so Porto just being embarrassed at home to Club Rouge, a Belgian club Club Rouge. Oh, for the love of God. Never saw never saw that coming. I mean I I, I would have said, you know, Porto's gonna destroy them four to zero, but quite frankly the opposite happened and Oh man. Man oh man. It is what it is, right? Check this out. Seven shots on target by Club Rouge, and they made they made four of them count. Four shots on target for Porto, and they couldn't make any of them count. I really got to see. And Porto had three big chances missed. Porto has three big chances missed, but check this out, ladies and gentlemen. Club Rouge has two big chances missed. So are you telling me it could have been worse than how it happened? Well, according to this... You're damn right it could have. Ugh. Ugh, for the love of God. I mean, now I'm really at this point where I just I just cannot wait to take a look at the <laughs> take, take a look at you know, the group standings right now. So we get to uh, well from you know from Tuesday's you know uh, part one of the of the match day two. Well, Olympique de Marseille is certainly not in in a, in a good uh, in a good way right now. Oh, and, you know, losing their first two games and you know, losing at home to Eintracht Frankfurt. <sighs> I mean, come on, Marseille. Come on, man. I mean, Marseille, 60% ball possession. And check this out. They lost 1-0, and Eintracht Frankfurt had seven shots on target and only scored once. So it, it could have been worse. But Marseille had four shots on target and could not make any of them count. Oh, that's certainly heartbreaking, man. I'm not gonna lie, and both teams had one big chances, one big chance missed. Or so Marseille, 16 interceptions, 11 clearances, but 16 clearances for Eintracht Frankfurt, and six saves for Olympique de Marseille, and four for Frankfurt. Man, I gotta take a look at the starting lineup, you know. So if I see what I think I'm gonna see and and how it went, I'm like, yeah, you know, Dimitri Payet, you know, kind of being shut down like that. You know, Alexis Sanchez in there too. You know, both came out in the 60th minute. I mean, three, you know, two substitutions made in the 59th minute and one in the 60th, and Payet was pulled out in the 60th minute. And of course, Eric, Eric Bailly also played, you know, the former Manchester United guy, and certainly interesting to see that Matteo Guendouzi didn't even start. Man, just a bad day. Mm. It's, unfor- it's unfortunate, really. And, you know, bo- and both teams utilizing the same exact formation. Three defenders... Four midfielders, two forwards, and a lone striker. They had Alexis Sanchez as the lone striker. Hmm. It's a shame, but man, Marseille's chances at this point are just not looking good at all. Not looking good at all. And as part of the, also me going through the uh, standings, I'll also take a look at the uh, match day number three as well. Man, this just breaks my heart because I, I, I had high hopes for Marseille. I really felt that Marseille was really actually going to get the job done against Antoine Frankfurt, but... Boy, was I wrong. Hmm. So that was Tuesday's games. Now we'll get to today's games on Wednesday. Well, Milan beating Dynamo Zagreb. Well, I did, I went to this. I did not want to. I did not want to count out uh, Dynamo Zagreb because let's not forget that Dynamo Zagreb beat Chelsea and uh, and we we all know what happened after that, don't we? Well, in my case, it was certainly great to see Olivier Giroud score. So that was, you know, exciting, but 
you know, looking at you know even more surprising results, you know, like that as we get to it. I mean, Chelsea tying against Salzburg, Benfica beating Juventus on the road. Hmm. I mean, we kind of see the pattern evolving. Like, what the hell is going on here? Uh, you know, go through these games. I'm just kind of like, I don't even know if, if you want to go through like the whole thing and the whole the whole game. You know, Real Madrid and RP and RP Leipzig. I mean, I'm telling you, I watched the game honestly. And RP Leipzig missing those opportunities. I mean, that is what ultimately killed them. And what breaks my heart is that Christopher and Cuckoo. You know, I think earlier, like when he was kind of defend, you know, his fellow, uh, when when his French compatriot Aurélien Chouameni was defending against him, and it kind of seemed that Christophe and Christopher and Cuckoo went down in the penalty area. You know, uh, one of my loyal listeners who's actually been on the show before, but it's been a while. I'd really love to have him back on, uh, Mr. Sal. Sal knows everything, as he likes to be referred to on Twitter. He did actually point out, he did tweet that he felt that it was a penalty. Now. In my case, I think it's a little bit difficult to see. It kind of seems like, you know, maybe like, you know, that Thibaut Courtois, you know, kind of like, you know, made a, a move like that. But it kind of just seems that Christopher and Cuckoo was taken down. But it can be argued whether it was a penalty or not. But I think the big, the bigger point is, is that RP Leipzig had other opportunities as well, but they couldn't even cash in on them. So... I don't even I don't even know really what to say because you know I'm looking at the stats you know Real Madrid didn't even score until the 80th minute and and I was happy to see that Eduardo Camavinga was going to be starting the game alongside Chuameni but Camavinga you know being substituted out and Camavinga apparently did not make much of an impact which totally breaks my heart because you know I'm I'm afraid that people are going to start giving up on Camavinga and he's not going to get the starting opportunities anymore he's not going to get any opportunities at all. It's gonna it's gonna break my heart because everybody knows that I have major high hopes for both Kamavinga and Chuameni. So, but maybe you know continue to be continue to be patient. You know Kamavinga is only nineteen years old. I'm I'm sure things are gonna get better. Same thing with Chuameni. So maybe 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 I'm just uh, overreacting. But again, you know I'm always you know I'm always keeping a close eye out on how Kamavinga and Chuameni do because those guys I have I have extremely high hopes for. Of course, Real Madrid was without Kareem Benzema, who picked up a hamstring injury, and you know the fact that the World Cup is actually close by, and Benzema is injured along with Engolo Kanté and Paul Pogba. I mean, it doesn't look good for the French national team, but it's also unfortunate that you know with, with Christopher and Cuckoo, you know based on based on how uh, the opportunities were missed today. I mean, I feel like you know his performance too. It's going to affect his chances of making the squad because I want to see Nkuku. Not only make the squad, but really have the, but, but really have opportunities to make a name for himself for the French national team, and that also goes for the for the Newcastle uh, for the Newcastle guy um, Alain Saint Maximin. So, you know, St- my friend, you know, me and Steve, uh, numerous times have said, you know, the endless riches of the talent for the French Football Federation. So, there's always a young guy, to, uh, another young guy to to bring in, but. Christopher Christopher and Cuckoo, I believe you know is one of the twenty four year old. I think deserves you know a call up again and hopefully uh, gets the opportunities. But we'll have to wait and see. I mean, I'm I'm already I'm already concerned that um, that Didier Deschamps. 
Well, you know, DD Deshaun actually already announced. I think that Paul Pogba is very much likely guaranteed a spot because of the special thing, the special title he's got, like that, like whatever. Apparently, the relationship between Deshaun and Pogba, even though Pogba has, you know, had knee surgery and is out until like the the, the article said that he he's gonna make his you know play for Juventus ten days. Like he said to make his return for to for Juventus ten days before the tournament begins. So. I'm just like, if you have to keep Pogba off the squad for the World Cup because of his injuries and his lack of and his lack of performance and production, fine, so be it. Because I, I've said it already. I think it's at the point where the French national team very likely has to move forward. They have to move on from Paul Pogba and N'Golo Conte. Those guys cannot stay healthy. They're a liability at this point. So I might catch a lot of heat for saying that, but I truly believe that if not in Qatar, but after Qatar, especially if France if France shits to bed, which I still believe they will. I mean, in my case, obviously, I, I want it to happen because I want Zinedine Zidane to take over. But if it's not now, if it's after the World Cup, and especially if, if France embarrasses themselves, it's going to be time. It's going to be at that point. It's going to be justifiably solidified that it'll be time to move on from Pogba and Conte. But. There's so many French. There's so many young and talented French players. I mean, there's a lot of talent overall. It's Didier Deschamps has the hardest job in the world. You know, putting, you know, selecting the players. But, but anyway, hmm. You know, I really believe that. I, I think it's probably safe to say that Kamavinga probably probably won't be selected. Although that would be a dumb mistake if you ask me. In my honest opinion, Chouameni and Kamavinga need need to be on the squad and. Kareem Benzema too, and but hope but Kareem Benzema, you know, I've, you know the situation is so difficult. So I think Benzema and, and Giroud should both be on the squad, even though Giroud, you know, Giroud might be aging, but Giroud is still going strong. But anyway, you know, kind of went off topic. So I'm, t- you know, when Marco you know, and and Marco Asensio, he's the one who actually came in, you know, in relief of Eduardo Camavinga, and of of course, you know, um, Luka Modric, you know. Came out of the game and he was replaced by Tony Cruz. So, so it's interesting that both those guys come in and then you know Asensio scores, uh, you know, uh, scores the second goal in in the, in the first minute of stoppage time. You know, of course, from from an assist from Tony Cruz. And if you saw that goal, I mean, oh, what a what a pass, what a pass from Tony Cruz and like on a, off of a free kick and. Oh, what 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 an absolute beauty of a goal! I mean, if you haven't seen it, I strongly suggest that you go watch the highlights and you watch and you watch that goal. You're gonna want it. You're, you're just gonna want to re- rewind it several times. You're not gonna get enough of it. So this game really had teamwork. I mean, both goals had an assist. I mean, Vinicius Junior actually provided the assist in Fre- in Federico Valverde's goal in the 80th minute. So, so we're really seeing quite the teamwork, and it kind of seems like you know even without Benzema, the team seems to be doing fine. So, well, you know, Chuameni played the entire time, so that you know that kind of look look on that. So, you know, Fialon Menti actually also came in as well, and and actually I think what set up the that goal is you know when Fialon Menti was taken down, but not in the penalty area, I don't think, or. You know, yeah, yeah. Obviously, it wasn't in the penalty area, but you know, just being on where that free kick was. But I mean, Mendy coming in and kind of you know helping Real Madrid in that particular situation. So anyway, all that talent right there. So so Real Madrid getting the win, but you know, for RP Leipzig, uh, the miss, the missed opportunities is uh, that's what tells the story for RP Leipzig. You know. 
three shots on target for both teams, and Real Madrid made two of them count. Two big chances missed for RP Leipzig, but based on how I saw it, I think there was at least two more. So I think, honestly, RP Leipzig had at least four big chances missed. But again, Goal.com doesn't might see the ones that I see as not a big chance. But again, we don't have to get into that anymore. But, <clears throat> excuse me. Look at that, yo. Even Real Madrid had their chance. I mean, Real Madrid, too, missed their opportunities as well. But Real Madrid, you know, got the job done at the most crucial time. So, that's pretty much Real Madrid for you. I mean, that's how they that's how they got through the knockout stage in the Champions League last season, right? So, so that's, you know, Real Madrid and RP, and RP Leipzig. Now, Manchester City and Borussia Dortmund. Of course, the way Manchester City had to come from behind, they do it, they do it, they scored two goals between the 80th and the 85th minute. <laughs> of course, it has to be come from behind. And Borussia Dortmund has to take the lead but not be able to hold on. And who scores the game-winning goal? Who else but Erlen freaking Holland? In, in style, too. <laughs> That's Erling Holland for you, ladies and gentlemen. He scores clutch, and he scores in style. <laughs> I think that's something i got to speak to Joe about. To the best way from now on, like if Erling Holland scores, you know, a game winner and does it in style, that's what that's what Joe needs to basically remind everybody or tell everybody. That's Erling Holland for you, ladies and gentlemen. Clutch and in style. So Joe, if you're listening to this, you might want to write that down because I'm I'm giving you a little bit of a catch raise if you're gonna go ahead and you know if Erling Holland scores another beauty, that's the way to do it, especially in, in the games like this. All right. This is a group stage, but still, I mean, a clutch. Uh, and Erling Holland's just been absolutely lights out. I mean, at this point, you're just kind of like, you know, the the, the goal streak, you know, in appearances, you know, is going on. And, of course, Manchester City equalizes, and then just a few minutes later, you know, takes the lead. I mean, that's just Manchester, that's Manchester City's MO right there. Take the lead, I mean, equalize, and then just take the lead. That's... Manchester City right there in a nutshell. Man, three shots on target for Manchester City. They made them both count. And two shots on target for, for Borussia Dortmund. And unfortunately, they only made one of them count. Manchester City was just all over. Although, according to this, you know... Huh, you know, it's interesting. Two shots on two shots on target. And, and, and it says here that Borussia Dortmund had one big chance missed. So, maybe it could have been a 2 nothing win. Or maybe it could have been a 2-2 two -two draw. Who the hell knows? But man, 15 interceptions by Borussia Dortmund, 22 clearances, and 7 blocks. Both teams, had, both goalkeepers had one save. 6 clearances for the Manchester City defense and 8 interceptions. So, man, Borussia Dortmund had a bit of a little, a little more resiliency on their defense. But, you know, you got to give Manchester City's defense credit too. And you got to give Manchester City the credit. They did win in style. Ugh, Chelsea and oh, Salzburg. Ugh, I mean... Still got Juventus and Benfica. But before we get to, before we get to those, uh, so you know, I want to take a look at the Napoli and the Rangers. Mm. Well, Napoli is really building on their uh, their big win against Liverpool in the opening game, are they not? As far as the Rangers go, this is kind of like a, what what I said. So you know, either either they could pull off, or they'll be like you know the outcasts in this one. You know, they were the runners up of the UEFA Europa League last season when they lost in the final to Eintracht Frankfurt. 
And 10 shots on target for Napoli. They scored three times. One of them was a penalty miss. Well, McGregor had the penalty saved. The Rangers did it. One player was given a red card. I'm not too sure about how that went down. And Napoli... You know, you know, this gave you know, the fact that the last 20 minutes of the game was re was the interesting part. I mean, because Napoli didn't even take the lead. And this and Napoli was the road team, mind you. Hmm. You know, and Napoli doesn't even take the lead until the 68th minute. And then, you know, goes on to add two more. So, the action really, the game finally came to life, you know, late in the game. But a lot of fans, you know, really like it. And sometimes these Champions League games, this is the way they have to go. The game sprung to life in the, in the closing, in the, you know, late in the game. For a lot of us, that, that's truly how we like it. And three big chances missed for Napoli, so it could have been worse big time. I mean, one of the big chances missed, I'd imagine, was that penalty that was saved. But like that, you know, 22 clearances for for the Rangers and 15 for Napoli. And seven saves by the by uh, McGregor, the, the goalkeeper for the Rangers, and three for Napoli. So, I mean, the goalkeeper did his job to the best of his ability. I mean, the defense tried too, and... Nine interceptions, three blocks, twenty-two clearances, and, more, and, and seven saves. And these defensive stats, you know, it's 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 more than what Napoli was able to register. So, so I think honestly, in, in this case, I mean, Napoli, their problem was is the offense couldn't spark and they couldn't score. So, you know, and all, unfortunately, the Rangers were were made to pay the price, big time. All right, I'm gonna get to okay, PSG versus Maccabi Haifa. Uh, you know, the fact that Maccabi Haifa took the lead in the, in the 24th minute, and I was like, oh boy, here we go. But, you know, it, you know, at one point, it, it, I saw, you know, it, it, it could have been 2-0, to zero, but the goal was the goal was disallowed. So when I'm like, so PSG just caught a lucky break because they could have, instead of being in a 2-0 hole, they're still, it's still only 1-0, so PSG could actually still come out of it. Now, even if it was 2-0, I'm sure they still would have had a chance had they actually taken it, but that's PSG, so. So not long after, PSG equalizes, after it could have been 2-0, you know, that goal, then PSG kind of, you know, kicks in the gear, and then they equalize. Lionel Messi scores for Paris Saint-Germain in the 37th minute. And then going to halftime, it's tied, and then for most of the half, it's 1-1, it's so I'm like thinking... If this ends in a 1-1 tie for PSG, you know, for PSG to, to like, not even be able to beat, you know, a small Israeli club, I mean, it wouldn't be surprising because if I remember correctly, I mean, they then they tie against Club Bruges last, in last season's tournament in the group stage. So there's always a team in the group stage that PSG can very well shit the bet, on, shit the bet against. Huh. That was clearly almost the case. But in the 69th minute, Kylian Mbappe you know, gets on the board with an assist from Messi. And then in the 88th minute, Neymar get, you know, adds a third goal with an assist from Marco Verratti. Verratti so so this basic, basically the example right there. So they're able to score with the assist. And they're able to actually put up a, a, a decent result, 3-1. to one, But they do this against, against the small club. Like in PSG's case, they need to do this against Manchester City, especially this season. Or maybe against Real Madrid if possible. Now, PSG has beaten Barcelona, Bayern Munich in the past Champions League before, but they did not beat Bayern Munich when it mattered, unfortunately. But we need PSG to, to play play well, play in a clutch form against the strongest clubs in Europe, which would be Manchester City and Real Madrid. And there's several more also to talk about as well. And 
PSG getting that win against Juventus, I mean, but seeing how Juventus lost today, I mean, it, it would question it, but still, I'm not going to take anything away from PSG's win against Juventus because PSG got that win. So I'm seeing the stats against uh, Maccabi Haifa. I mean, one big chance miss from both both sides. Huh. I'll say 22 clearances for uh, Maccabi Haifa. I mean, that's, that, that's pretty impressive. I mean, 22 clearances against PSG and intercepting nine passes. Especially the fact that a defense is going against Neymar, Messi, and Mbappe at the same time. Hmm. And you get 22 clearances, 4 blocks, 9 interceptions. Well, that, ladies and gentlemen, you cannot ignore that. Hmm. Uh, the, the whole thing with uh, PSG. Hmm. Ah, uh, man. You know... At, at, at this point, you know, I should mention about Erling freaking Holland that he has scored 26 goals in 21 Champions League appearances, scoring every 62 minutes on average, according to Opta Joe. Man. Hmm. Can't really, uh, like I said, but, you know, that's uh, Holland for you, but check this out. I mean, speaking about, of Holland, I did see something pretty, uh, Impressive before the computer decide to uh well kind of get back to it if I don't get it, if I don't get it back, but it's something about Holland actually you know providing scoring breaking another record as well you know becoming the youngest player in a certain category and I'm actually look oh here it is that Erling Holland is the youngest player in the Champions League history to score for and against the same side in the competition surpassing Alvaro Morata for and against Real Madrid at 22 years old. I mean, Erling Holland is already used to making history, but that's pretty much that. That's what he does. I mean, that's kind of Erling Holland in, in a nutshell, a goal-scoring, history-making, record-breaking machine. That's yeah, and in style too. So, hmm. Uh, on PSG, so I went to Benfica and Juventus. Well, Juventus took the lead in the fourth minute and kind of felt like, you know, maybe they would score a couple more goals, you know, just to keep the lead intact. That certainly didn't happen. Because in the 43rd minute, they got to cough up the penalty, which equalizes. And then in the 55th minute, they concede, and then they're down 2-1, to one, which they do not recover from. Man, three shots on target for Juventus. Hmm. wonder how many big chances they had missed. Says this only one, and that's for both teams. Both teams have one big chance missed. And Juventus just cannot seem to catch a break. I mean, Benfica, 21 clearances and 18 for Juventus, and five saves for Juventus, and nine interceptions. Hmm. Man, oh man, oh man. Juventus is just 0 and 2. What are their chances now? But again. <laughs> Look at the standings. It's all going to say it right there. Well, honestly, the final game I want to take a look at. Chelsea and RP Salzburg. Well, Raheem Sterling would give Chelsea the lead at the beginning. And this game was at Sanford Bridge, mind you. Four shots on target and Chelsea could only cash in on it once. Salzburg, three shots on target. They made one count. Hmm. But Salzburg, you know, selling for the point. I mean, that's got to be a win for RP Salzburg. You know, the, the fact, you know, Pierre Omeric Upemeyang actually provided the assist in Raheem Sterling's goal. <laughs> but Chelsea just cannot, just Chelsea just could not get it done. I mean, I even, 
I mean, it seems like the situation has just got is is just worsened and worsened and worsened for, for Chelsea at, at, at this point. Like, I, like as far as recovery goes, you, you, I, I don't even know where they go moving forward. But speaking of Raheem Sterling, two hundred fifty plus, you know, has now recorded two hundred fifty goals plus assists in all competitions at the club level, one hundred fifty eight goals and ninety two assists total. The 23 goals and 17 assists during his time with Liverpool, 131 and 74 assists with Manchester City, and four goals and one assist so far with Chelsea. Raheem Sterling, truly one of a kind, no doubt about it. This game against Arpies against Salzburg, man, Chelsea with one big chance miss and Salzburg had zero. Man, this is just so clearly frustrating. Let me check this out. 25 clearances by the Salzburg defense, 5 blocks, 12 interceptions, and 3 saves. Huh. Ugh. Uh, I'm just like, what the, you know, with Chelsea, you just don't know what the heck's going on, honestly. Hmm. You know, and Graham, you know, with Graham Potter, you know, taking charge, you know, uh, the former, you know, <clears throat> Brighton manager, I mean... I'm not even sure if, if it was if it, this must have been the official debut because you know the whole thing with the Premier League you know with the recent passing of uh, Queen Elizabeth so and by the way I'd like to I offer my uh, condolences to all my loyal listeners in England um yeah with all these games being canceled you know in the in the uh, in the event of the of, of the Queen's passing um I I I'd imagine that this must have been uh uh Potter's uh first uh, game, you know, managing Chelsea, and if that's the case, I mean, look, correct me if I'm wrong, let me know in the comments, but it certainly did not go well, I mean, look at the lineup, you know, Sterling, Havertz, and Mount, you know, at the 3-4s, you have Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, who was deployed as the lone striker, and you have Jorginho and Kovacic, or Kovacic, if I'm saying it correctly, you know, in the midfield, and the defense look, you know, defense, you know, appear to be solid, you know, on paper based on the on the uh, on the lineup. You know, of course, Edouard Mendy didn't even start the was even a, a goalkeeper. So, speaking of Edouard Mendy, I don't even see his name on the. I don't. Even, I don't even see his name. I don't even see his name on the bench. Huh. Boy, oh boy. I mean, is there an injury uh, that I don't know about, or you? I don't. I, I don't know what's going on, but you know, Wesley Fofana was on the bench, never even came in. Christian Pulisic didn't even come in until the 84th minute. Oh, Chelsea is an absolute mess. I don't even know what to say about it, but quite frankly, there's probably much nothing to say. So I've pretty much always already gone through these games. Uh, there's probably something that I, that I missed out on, but there's, those games, there's just absolutely nothing to say about it. But, but now moving forward, uh, before uh, before uh, getting to the, giving us some thoughts about the upcoming games on the, on the match day number three... Is that in Group A, Napoli's on top because they are two and zero with a positive six with a six goal differential, scoring seven times, conceding only once. Liverpool's in second with a negative two goal differential, scoring three times and conceding five times. And Ajax is at third. Well, Ajax has chances, you know. If Ajax is in third, you know they go to the Europa League. But you no, know, the Rangers club. 0-2, oh, and, and, you know, with a, with a negative 7 goal differential, conceding 7 goals and failing to even find the back of the net yet. I think the Rangers are pretty much finished, but check this out. Group B. Club Bruges is on top. They are 2-0. and oh. Leverkusen is right under them. Atletico Madrid is in 3rd, and Porto is at the bottom. 
Well, Group C, well, the way it is right now, it's no surprising. Bayern Munich on top, but Barcelona and Inter Milan right under them. And I did say, and I did say this, you know, in the preview that it would be a fight between Barcelona and Inter Milan to see who to, who uh, who goes to the Champions League knockout stage and who gets relegated to the Europa to the Europa League. So right now, Barcelona has the advantage because of goal differential. So. Or, you know, sporting CP on top of Group D, you know, two and O. Ugh, man. Tottenham one and one and still in second, and Marseille, you know, with a negative three goal differential. Marseille has yet to even score in the Champions League. They've conceded three times, and Antique Frankfurt is now in third, you know, like that. So, does not look good for Marseille. And Milan leads Group E with Chelsea at the at the bottom. One one draw and one loss with a negative one goal differential. Dynamo Zagreb in second with RP Salzburg in third. Of course, you know, in Real Madrid, you know, leading Group F and RP Leipzig at the bottom, you know, negative six goal differential for RP Leipzig. Scored once, conceding six times. Not good at all. Could you imagine if RP Leipzig, you know, if it ends up being like there no Europa League for them too? Oh, man. Well, Group G, I mean, Manchester City, 2-0. On top, nothing, nothing surprising. But Copenhagen being in third and Sevilla being at the bottom—that's the surprising part right there. Dortmund being in second, one win and one loss. So, kind of see the way it was going. Manchester City and Dortmund would be the teams that would make it out, and so far that's pretty much the case. And we finally get to Group H. Well, PSG two and zero, and you know it's interesting. Juventus is not at the bottom, but that's only because of goal differential. Because Juventus's goal differential is negative two, while Maccabi Haifa. Excuse me, is at negative four. But Benfica and PSG are both on top, you know, undefeated. Okay. And both at six points. So now we kind of go like, you know, which, which games are going to be next. Because PSG is not out of the blue by any means necessary. So next games, match number three, October 4th. Bayern Munich takes on Victoria Pleasant at home. Well, we all know how that's going to go. Marseille against Sporting CP. And because Marseille is not off to a good start, but Sporting CP is... Unfortunately, this game is probably going to really kind of uh, solidify Marseille's position. No Champions League knockout stage and probably no Europa League. You got Porto, Leverkusen. Well, that game, you know, I think it happened. But then you got Club Rouge versus Atletico Madrid. Well, those two games right there, I'm like, I'm not even going to say anything. Even with Atletico Madrid, I'm not even going to say anything. Because you never say never. But Leverkusen can certainly take the win. But if Porto's going to find a way out of it, they got to do it then. Then you got Ajax and Napoli. Ajax lost Liverpool. Now, if Ajax loses this game, losing two straight Champions League group stage games, it's not going to be it's not not going to look good for them, but Napoli's on top of the group and they do not want to relinquish it by any means necessary. But Ajax is at home, so Ajax has to get the job done. But unfortunately, I think Napoli's actually going to win it. Now, now, all of a sudden, I'm not really feeling the momentum that Ajax, you know, from the moment I have for Ajax, and that's pretty much dead. Then you got Antwerp Frankfurt versus Tottenham. Hmm. Well, Tottenham lost to Sporting CP. They can certainly lose to Antwerp Frankfurt. But I think Tottenham wins it, and it's, good, it's all going to be a lame one nothing game. You got Inter Milan versus Barcelona. Well, Barcelona wants to do everything they can to make sure they don't get relegated to the Europa League for the second consecutive time. So Barcelona, I think, takes that one. But don't be surprised if Inter Milan, you know, pulls out, uh, 
pulls off a win. Got Liverpool and Rangers. Well, there's nothing really to say about that. Liverpool should should get the job done, but you know, Liverpool might still be a mess. Got RP Salzburg and Dynamo Zagreb. I don't even know what to say about that. And RP Leipzig versus Celtic. Well, if RP Leipzig decides to miss more opportunities, well, if, they, if they're if 0-3, 3 losses, well, they can kiss it goodbye. Here's interesting. Chelsea and Milan. Well, Chelsea's not off to a good start in the Champions League, but Milan is off to a respectable start. Milan going to be on the road at Samford Bridge against Chelsea. Well... Since I have no idea how the starting lineup's going to look like, and I don't even know what Chelsea's going to be doing, you know, until then. I don't even... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Considering that these games aren't even until next month. Uh, right now, since I don't even know what Chelsea's going to be at that point, I think Milan's probably going to win it. Juventus versus Maccabi Haifa. Well, they're both... these are, But one of these teams are, are either going to have a win or they're going to have a draw. All right? And I think it's going to be... And, I can't go against Juventus, but uh, well, don't. If they get if if they suffer a, a shocking defeat, well, some would say that's Juventus for you. Real Madrid, Real Madrid, excuse me, versus Shakhtar Donetsk. Well, Real Madrid doesn't want to halt the momentum. They want to come in as much momentum as they can. Then when they get Kareem Benzema back, so I got Real Madrid. Sevilla versus Dortmund. Nah, give me Dortmund. Benfica versus PSG, and PSG is the road is the road team. You know, I'm pretty sure that Lionel Messi and Neymar and Mbappe will all be in the starting lineup, but we have seen uh, unclear results, you know, when that before, especially on the road. But I got PSG, but uh, don't be surprised if Benfica pulls off the win. And finally, Manchester City and Copenhagen. Manchester City. Come on. So, that's pretty much all I have to say. But before I let everybody go, I'd like to remind you that into the Net FC is proudly partnered with Fanatics. Fanatics is your number one place for fan apparel. Fanatics offers over 500,000 items from all the top brands from the NFL, NBA, NHL, Major League Soccer, and the European Soccer. So if you're looking to shop at Fanatics, use Into the Net Excuse me. Use Into the Net FC's link in the description. Start shopping and take advantage of the best deals in the world. And for all you pro wrestling fans out there, WWEShop.com is now part of the, of the Fanatics experience. If you are looking to, to shop at WWEShop.com, just use the link in the description. Start taking advantage of the best deals in the world and get your pro wrestling merch today. And also, Into the Net FC is proudly brought to you by. Excuse me, is proudly brought to you by Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus allows you to stream the Champions League, the Europa League, and the Europa Conference League. Plans start at $4.99 per month and you can cancel at any time. Subscribe now and you can even get a free trial. So if you're looking to sign up, just use the link in the description, set up your account, and start, start binge watching your favorite shows as well as soccer immediately. And Internet FC is available to you on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Thank you all very, very much for joining me today, and I will see you all next time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.